You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. Okay, we have a lot to talk about this week. I feel like this week's show is really timely because body image, body shape, and weight have come up a lot in our private hit play, not pause group over the past week or so. And believe me, I know what a loaded issue this is, both personally and professionally. I have been very open about my own past eating disorders and body dysmorphia issues. And I have spent more than 25 years writing for health and fitness magazines, which for a long, long time would present everything related to health and fitness through the lens of weight and weight loss. Like many of you, I grew up with the notion that thin is everything. Where having a smaller, leaner body meant you were more disciplined and had it all together. And of course, were more attractive because again, thin was everything. Body ideals have changed over time. Now you have strong as the new skinny and muscles are beautiful. What we really need to recognize is that strength and beauty and athleticism are not one size or shape. We were also fed this idea that we are in complete control of our bodies and that we can dictate how big or small they are. And after 30 years of working in the health and fitness industry and following the research and literature there, I've seen that's really not true. Bodies change, some more than others, but to some extent, everyone goes through changes. And when it comes to who gains or loses more or less weight, even the top scientists in the world still don't agree on why or how. So now we are all here many years and amazing life experiences later, And we're still saturated with that messaging. And many of us are truly distraught because our bodies are changing. And sure, we can work with our changing physiology in all the ways we talk about on this show and on our channels to stay strong and to build muscle and to keep on keeping on in our athletic pursuits. But every woman's physiology is different. And we all respond to these hormonal changes and the work that we do or don't do differently. And it's really, really important to me that women out there who are struggling with changes, no matter what they do, do not feel ashamed. Do not feel less than. Do not feel like you're doing things wrong or that there's something wrong with you. None of that is true. I see you. I hear you. You belong here. You are beautiful. For anyone who is struggling, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to Weighty Matters with Diana Reed. It's a show I did a few months ago. We rebroadcast it over the holidays. She talks about all the mechanisms behind menopausal weight gain and how some women gain more full stop. I know longtime athletes, hardworking, disciplined, extremely active women who have bellies and hips and thighs that they didn't before. I know women who actually don't do much, who haven't had many changes at all. Myself, 
I don't have the muscles I did even five years ago, despite lifting way more than ever. I have a few curves I never had before, but that's my body. And this body still takes me to the tops of mountains on my bike and embraces my daughter when she comes home from college. And I will be damned if I'm going to hate on it. I spent way too many years on that shit. And that's also why I've made it my mission to make this podcast and this group and this membership about more than weight. It's about what our bodies can do and the beautiful, active, athletic lives we can live through them to celebrate our bodies, all of our bodies. And well, that's what this episode is all about. This week, I sat down with Kaiza Kiernan, who is also known as Kaiza Fit. Kaiza is a personal trainer, fitness educator, and nothing less than a social media sensation. She has built a community over 1 million people on Instagram alone, largely because Kaiza believes, as we've been saying here on this show, you are more than the way the outside world perceives your body. She's also just a great trainer. She's an athlete herself, as you'll hear on the show. She's the owner of Kaiza Fit, where she offers training programs for people of every fitness level. And I highly recommend her mobility workouts, which we also talk about on the show. Kaiza has been featured in many digital magazines, including Vogue and Shape and Self and Harper's Bazaar, Oxygen and ESPNW. She was featured on The Greatest as one of the most influential people in health and fitness, and most notably was asked by Michelle Obama to be one of the go-to trainers for her Let's Move digital campaign. You can find Kaiza at kaizafit.com and on Instagram at kaizafit. Okay, before we get to it, a quick reminder that you can find us at Feisty Menopause on Instagram and Facebook. We have that ever-growing private Hit Play Not Pause Facebook group where you can come in and join these discussions. If you have ideas for the show, hit me up at hitplaynotpause at livefeisty.com. And thank you, as always, for the hearts, the reviews, the five-star ratings. Your support is making this show possible, and I super appreciate it. And if you haven't rated the show, go ahead and do so now. Okay, enough of me. Let's have a few words about our awesome sponsors and get on with the show. Like many of you, I try to eat well, train well, take the supplements I need, and track my recovery, sleep, and progress. So imagine my surprise when I found out I had elevated blood sugar, high cortisol, out-of-whack lipids, and was borderline anemic. Yeah, all while I was racing well and feeling actually pretty great. Turns out, all of my training stress was taking a hidden toll. How did I find out? Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is a service that analyzes your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers to provide you a personalized, science-based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests, and their blood tests also include biomarkers that are key to performance that you don't get from traditional blood tests like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part? They don't just give you data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. And I've taken those actions myself and have been improving those markers and ultimately my health. So for a limited time, my friends at Inside Tracker are offering my listeners 25% off their entire store. 
So go to InsideTracker.com slash FeistyMenopause to take advantage of that offer. Again, it's InsideTracker.com slash FeistyMenopause. I can tell you, it works. I am excited to announce that Noon has returned as a sponsor of Hit Play, Not Pause in 2022. I have been a huge fan of Noon hydration products for well over a decade. They have products for immunity, recovery, getting a good night's rest, you name it. And I absolutely swear by their Podium series, especially the Endurance product. Noon Endurance has simple ingredients and just the right blend of carbs and electrolytes to stay hydrated for long, hard events. So show your support and head on over to NoonLife.com. That's NoonLife, N-U-U-N-L-I-F-E, and use the code HITPLAY, all caps, one word, to get 30% off all of Noon's amazing products. Again, that's NoonLife.com, and use the code HITPLAY, all caps, one word, to get an amazing 30% off today. As listeners of this show know, we talk about some pretty uncomfortable topics. So I am stoked to have a new sponsor on board, Bonafide, who is helping women find relief from a very uncomfortable topic, vaginal dryness. As estrogen declines, those delicate tissues can suffer, making everything from riding a bike to having sex uncomfortable, if not outright painful. Bonafide is devoted to helping women find solutions to symptoms like this that are related to the menopausal transition. One product that I can tell you works like a charm is Reverie. It's an easy to use vaginal insert that rejuvenates vaginal tissue and replenishes your body's moisture so you get relief from itching and burning and also greater overall comfort and improved intimacy. A few of my guests have recommended it. I have tried it. It works. Bonafide also has a host of other products, including a new probiotic supplement that is formulated to promote a healthy vaginal microbiome. You can give Bonafide products a try today. There are no hormones and no prescription is required. You just get quick, real relief. To get 20% off your first purchase when you subscribe to any product, go to hellobonafide.com and use the promo code HITPLAY, all caps, all one word. That's hellobonafide.com, B-O-N-A-F-I-D-E, and the code is HITPLAY, all caps, all one word, for 20% off at checkout. And I'll also put a clickable link in the show notes. Check it out today. Kaisa, thank you for being on the show. I am really excited to talk to you today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So first, I know that you were like the go-to person in the Let's Move campaign. And I would love to know how that came about. Like, how does one just get tapped to be like, <laughs> you know, like, how to, every, like everything I read is like, oh, she got tapped to be I'm like, well, how does that happen? Yeah. You- well, so first and foremost, it was me and then my business partner at the time, Jennifer. So we, I mean, to be very honest, we got tapped because we were doing really well in social media. And so we were easily visible to a lot of important people. Michelle Obama's team is very important. Right. Um, and I think they just really liked what we were doing in terms of making movement fun and friendly and just very inviting for an audience. And so when they reached out, of course, how can you say no to Michelle Obama? But 
when they reached out, they just essentially wanted us to keep doing what we were already creating. And they wanted that, um, digital content to be able to be visible to so many more people on her campaign through her campaign. And that was the early days, right? Like 2010 of the whole digital influencing yeah. thing. So you were probably a pioneer in that space as it's, it was. Right? Isn't it's crazy to say that I was a pioneer in that space. <laughs> but now that I look at it, yes. <laughs> I mean, we definitely came up at a time there were there were women before us that were already on social media and using especially Instagram in in the way that we kind of saw that was like really beneficial and useful. Um, but we were also one of those first ones. I think we were the pioneers in being in partnership on social media. So we did a lot of the duo videos. Um, and our whole point was that social media gave us a microphone and gave us a space to talk to so many more people than yeah. we possibly could as trainers. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And and continues, continues to. And uh, it continues. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's ever evolving, but it's definitely, it is an amazing space. Of course it has its negative sides, but it's an absolutely amazing space to communicate with so many more people than you could as an in-person trainer. And I think that, and I think this is largely in the world, but I tend to think like what you put out reflects back to you and your, your page is like brimming with positivity. It just radiates a positive thing. And I, I feel like it, it's a very positive space because of that. Thank you. I, one, I really appreciate you saying that. And two, I think I actually benefit a lot from people are always like, don't you get so much negativity or do you get weird DMs or comments or yeah, anything? Well, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really don't because I'm very conscious about what I put out there. I think that I've created a space, um, I guess, you know, leading by example about what I want to welcome on that page. And it is such an incredible community. And I'm very, very grateful for social media. It's absolutely changed my life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and it it shows. It's thank you. Oh, we'll, we'll link it in the show notes because it's I love your content and the little agility video you have up today is badass. <laughs> Just thank you. I mean, I put that up because I was looking through. So I have taken five weeks off. I got COVID. I was really sick. And so I look at old videos as a reminder of what's possible when I just get focused again. And so they're like my own motivation. And then I share it with the team and, you know, hopefully people on social get motivated. Totally. And I, I actually do want to ask a little bit about that COVID coming up. Cause I know a lot of people are where you are now. I saw some yeah. of your content around that. So, yeah. but before we get that, let me just establish a little foundation a little bit more and dig in a bit more on your history. Um, you've talked pretty openly about being injured and maybe a little lost after college. What, what was happening there? You, you know, you were an athlete and then you got hurt and then you decided to like make this your mission to get people to move in a good way. Like talk to yeah. us a little bit about that. So I'm going to go backwards pretty far. I was a soccer and track and field athlete in high school. Um, movement was really my outlet from the rest of my life. I was pretty depressed growing up and movement was my happy place, but it also was a place because it was the only place I could go. I really didn't take care of my body very well. And so, um, I ended up playing, I did track and field at the university of Washington and was injured the entire way through because what I was were your not, events. I did the heptathlon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's badass. Thank you. Yeah, I did the heptathlon. So that's seven events over two day period, um, which means you are training. I was training six hours a day as a young athlete. By the time that I got to college, I had never lifted a weight. So at, in high school, we never oh, trained. Wow. I know. Unbelievable now. Like <laughs> you would not even think about that, but we never lifted weights. I never did any type of strength training. Um, and so when I went 
to University of Washington is division one. When I went there, it is like from zero to a hundred real quick, six hour training practices in the gym, on the field running. And my body just couldn't handle it. Um, And so over the course of a four year period, trying to make adjustments, trying to make transitions, I literally left college completely broken. Um, And so for me, that wasn't the moment that I realized I wanted to be a trainer. I just knew I had had male coaches and no knock to male coaches, but I had had them my entire life. And I just had this overwhelming feeling like they did not understand my body. Um, and you're so they're preaching I, to the choir here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I had this, you know, so what do you, when you're graduating from college, 22 years old, I just had this very clear sense that I needed to understand my body. I needed to get educated to understand my body because movement was so important to me. It was something that could never be taken away from me when you're injured and taken away, you realize how important movement is to you. And so that's when I became a trainer and basically just that I could train myself and then fell in love with coaching. <laughs> and then the rest is history. <laughs> what were your injuries? Were there anything that was particular nagging? Um, it was constantly an overuse injury. By the end, it was stress fracture in my femur, uh, torn. Whoa. I know it was crazy. So what happened over the course of my college career was I went from heptathlon, which is seven events, to starting to cut them down because it was very clear to me and the coaches, like my body was not able to handle all this work. Now, let me also say they did not bother backing off the amount of work. We, they still tried to keep it six hour practices. Then you go into the strength training room and in the strength training room, if any college athletes are listening, like they do not communicate the strength coach and your actual field coach or sport coach do not communicate. So they're not aware of how your training is going on a day-to-day basis. They're not aware if you were maxing out on the field and then coming in and you're maxing in the room. Like it made absolutely no sense. I didn't realize that as a young woman, I was just listening to those that were in charge. So we backed off. And by the time that I was in my junior year or senior year, I was just throwing the javelin, of course, tear my labrum. So I have a regional qualifying throw on my first throw in competition. They, and this is how D one goes. They do not want you to get the surgery because they want you to be able to compete. So they try to rehab you and get you to compete because they want your points at regionals. Uh, Didn't work. And by that time I was so crushed and broken and frustrated and at my absolute bottom. And um, yeah, that's just like, I I absolutely realized nobody has my best interests here. I have to (laughs) clearly, clearly they did not. Can I ask a personal question? Absolutely. Were you amenorrhetic at any time? Did you lose your period or were you still getting your cycles? No, I was pretty regular. Okay. Um, I was not gone into that red ass try try out. No, I would say my freshman year would be the only time that there was like it while my body was adjusting from my senior year in high school to then I think that was Mm -hmm. the only time that things were irregular. But no, other than that, I was pretty, pretty regular. Well, that's good. I mean, there's that, but I mean, you're broken down, but at least you're there's that. And then there's, yeah, it's also on the nutrition side. The one yeah. positive thing was my mom lived. I, I went to university of Washington, which was in Seattle. My, my mom lived very close and she took me grocery shopping and made sure that I had super good food 24 seven. So unlike a lot of the other athletes, like I, I was eating really, really well. And I think that's part of like what saved me. Excellent. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. So, so fast forwarding, your platform is now just move. So your, your, your mission is getting people to move well, right. Yeah. And to be, 
to be strong. Um, You are definitely a bit younger than most of the guests on the show, you know, as we talked a bit offline. Um, Most of our audience is going somewhere in the menopause transition. And I believe you'll be 36 tomorrow. Is it your birthday? Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thanks. So I think that the what you talk about and how you frame so many things from body positivity, quote unquote, to, you know, self-love is so useful for any. It doesn't matter where you are and what part of your life. So I I think our audience is really going to benefit from that. Um, before we get to it, I am curious, like, how is the COVID thing going? Because I, you know, I saw that you maybe were trying to come back a little faster than it was letting you, you know, yeah, like, then my lungs, process. Yeah. Then my lungs were letting me. Yeah. It's hard. Honestly, it's been really hard. So I was sick for two weeks, really sick before COVID thought I had COVID, but kept testing negative. Then I had COVID and it took me another two weeks to recover from that. So I've been out for four weeks and trying to come back to movement. As all of us know, we have it in our minds of where we left off and we think we're going to come back right where we left off. That was a very, hum- yeah, very humbling experience to come back and just not only be like absolutely winded, tired, sore, but just really mentally frustrated. Um, and so for me, it's also on top of that, I know better. So then I get mad at myself. You know, I'm like, I yeah, know better. But- <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, we all do. But- we all do. But so the one thing for me was just to take this opportunity to be able to share my experience with others, because I know Mm -hmm. there's so many people that have been reaching out saying I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I need to be able to take care of myself in a thoughtful way. One positive of all this, I always think and I think injuries have an incredible way of doing this. It's an opportunity to look at other aspects of your life. Um, And so for me during COVID, it was an ability to look at how I'm taking care of my mental health and how I'm eating. And so, and it's still something that I'm focusing on right now when I know I can't go into the gym or, you know, work out as hard as I want instead of, it is still frustrating. I'm not going to lie, but instead of getting super frustrated there, I put my energy into other things, no matter what my mental health, like if I get stronger in that space, if I am better at making my food at home and eating better and feeling better, I already know that's going to help me when I come back and it's going to help me come back faster. Right. Right. And do you have a, you had talked a bit on your socials about putting together a bit of a game plan. Have you put together a game yep. plan for? Uh, thank you for asking me. I put together the game plan. It starts officially on Monday. Oh, okay. Um, this we is have a, a game plan. <laughs> yep, I have a game plan. Um, it's another kind of frustrating thing about social media. Also, when you put out programs and you put out content with everything that's going on in the world, people want more content, new content content every single day. And so I'm really trying to help people understand like this is a game plan. It's a 21 day. I'm calling it a reset. We're repeating content. Like that's what happens. You're repeating workouts. We're repeating our strength workout. We're getting better. We're we're repeating our cardio workouts, our mobility, our core. We're literally building a foundation, giving our opportunity, giving our body an opportunity to understand those moves and get better at them. So I'm super excited about this program and then, you know, having people join me doing it. Excellent. Like I said, we'll put in, we'll, we'll link all of that in so people can find you. you. Sure. Now I'd love to dig into some of your broader philosophies that I think transcend stage of life. Let's, let's just say that. Um, the one that I really like to talk to, cause I'm curious about a few things is the, the notion that I am more than my body. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that you I've heard you say a number of times. And I think about this a lot, Kaisa, because, and I, and I wonder, I have a daughter who's 19. Okay. And I am 52. So you know, growing up, my growing up, you could not be skinny enough. You know, Title IX was just starting. So 
like women just weren't really in sport. They were starting to get there, but you really, I mean, you weren't supposed to be manly. You weren't supposed to be bulky. You weren't supposed to, you were supposed to just be skinny and be something to look at. And it was like, the messaging was really messed up, right? It was just bad. Um, I, I sense that my daughter is growing up in a different ecosystem, you know, with, with more positive messages by and large, as far as, you know, what her body can do and all of that. And I wonder where you fall in because, you know, I was, I was kind of surprised, honestly, to hear on one of the shows that you were talking about, you know, not seeing yourself, your muscular body, not seeing yourself represented and, you know, and you're, you know, 35, 36. So where do you think you fall into that spectrum? Yeah. I mean, I definitely fall into the fact that it was not around. And what I'd say to people is female athletes were around, of course, but they were not on magazines. I didn't have access to those magazines. Um, I also didn't have a TV, so I didn't see them anywhere. There was no social media at the time. So I'm not saying that female athletes didn't exist at that point in time. They just were nowhere in my eyesight or in my, in my world. And so, and I also say like, I grew up genetically muscular. I am genetically muscular and we're in an era where, especially, you know, with the transition of CrossFit strong is beautiful and it's a very powerful thing. And I think it's incredible that, you know, your daughter and that other young girls get to grow up seeing that I didn't. So I grew up completely different than all of the girls around me. I looked like and resonated with the boys. That's who I looked like. That's who I was competing against. That's who I was better than. Um, And so it was a very, it was a lonely time for me. It was, I mean, it's been a lonely time for a long time. And I am more than my body wasn't actually something that I came up with in middle school. I like, let's be honest. I didn't come up with that. (laughs) It was a feeling I had. I remember telling myself that like, I don't, when I look around, I don't look like all the other girls, but when I'm on the track or I'm on the field and I'm playing against the guys and I'm beating them, like I knew the correlation. I knew it went together. Right. So I knew not to be negative about my body because of the way that she looked, but to be proud of what she could do. Like that was a concept that came about very mature still at that, you know, at that age, it's a very mature revelation instead of hating on your body, which is what so many women do to this day. Yeah. Oh, I've still hated on her. (laughs) Let's be honest. (laughs) I've had a very, very negative relationship with my body for a very long time. And I think that's something that people don't understand when I'm saying I am more than my body. I am also saying it for myself. It is Mm. a constant reminder. It is a Mm. constant practice. Just the way that I go to the gym and I lift weights and I do repetition after repetition, I am constantly reminding myself that what I look like does not define who I am as a woman and what I'm doing in this world. It also has helped me define and kind of create a relationship with my body that she's my best friend. So it helps me understand that I'm other than her. So I take care of her because I appreciate everything that she does and mainly all the crazy things that I love to do in movement and, and how I you know want to go through this life. But I also, and I respect that, but I also don't say that I, what she looks like is who I am. Cause I'm a very independent, you know, strong-minded, sometimes, you know, funny, loud human being. I'm so many other things other than what this body looks like. A hundred percent. And it, it's, it, it's a fascinating conversation. And I think, I think what gets sticky for athletic women is making that separation because 
in so many ways, you feel like you are your body and you are what you do. You know, I am a triathlete. I am a X. I am a CrossFitter. Right. And it, it, it's hard to sort of draw that separation when you might want to draw that separation and be healthy about it, especially when you're talking, I think, on the aesthetic part of that. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's it's hard. Yeah. I'm not I'm not yeah. coming on here or on my social media or anywhere saying it's easy. It is it is very hard as a concept that I've been working on my entire life, but is the only way that I started to develop a healthy relationship with myself. So I think it's always like it can be glorified that you're healthy because you work out and you do all these things. Well, I was working out and I was training like crazy after college in a very abusive way to my body because I didn't like her. I didn't respect her. She had totally failed me. Like I was so, she had disappointed me. Everything that she was doing, she was trash. Like that, that's the mental, like that was the side. That was how I was talking to my body. That's how I was treating her on the outside. Everybody looked like you are so healthy. You are training 24 seven. Like, look at you. You are such a badass. I, I trashed her. She was right. completely broken even after college. And to me, like I knew I've been on all spectrums. That's not a healthy relationship with my body. Right, right. And that segues into what I was hoping to talk to you about. Um, you know, there's a body positivity movement, and I and I know you're kind of outspoken about that. Um, can you can you talk about how you see body positivity versus body neutrality? Yeah. So I let me just say this is this is a hot topic because I did get called out about this. And I do realize that the body positivity movement actually started for black women and was like a liberation, a liberating movement for them. And I don't want to say, I don't obviously like I fully support that right. movement. That's not right. what I'm talking about. I'm talking right. about current day body positivity. Yes. What I think is that, and what I don't appreciate about it is it is still telling women that we are our body. And I would just love a conversation that is, we are so much more than our body. Even if you just focus on the physical things that your body is doing, even if we just focus on performance of women, why do we constantly have to define women by what they look like? So right now, body positivity means like, oh, bigger bodies are in. And I was like, stop fucking talking about bodies because then what you do- My butt's gotta be big now. Wait, exactly. it had to be, it had to be it, flat before. <laughs> absolutely. And women who are skinnier by nature now feel bad that they don't have a curvy body. And so it's this constant conversation of no matter where you're at as a woman, the first and most important thing is your body. And no, it is not. <laughs> like, so I am just so sick of this conversation and this narrative that's get, that, that is just pushed everywhere. Stop talking about women's bodies. Start talking about what they're doing in the world, in the gym, out on the track, in the field. Talk about anything. Talk about what their bodies are doing performing wise. Don't talk about what it looks like. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I wish I wish we could write that in the sky. Um, maybe. Well, that's why we're having these conversations, right? And what I think it starts with is a woman understanding this herself. Yeah. I don't think it starts with, and this is what I've really realized. And that's why I don't try to fight like big media. It's always going to be out there. But what it totally. starts with is me understanding that, and it is a constant work in progress, that I am not my body. She is my best friend, but I am more than her. Like what she looks like doesn't matter to me. I take care of her because I'm very appreciative of what she does for me. And also because like, I want to go do all the crazy things that I want to do movement wise for as long as I possibly can. So I respect her. She's the only way I can go do all those things. 
So I take care of her as if I would take care of my best friend. I talk to her the way I would talk to my best friend the past five weeks when I've been really down and out and mad at her. Honestly, I have a quick moment and reflection moment of like, she's doing the best she can. Like <laughs> she didn't fucking mean to get COVID. You know what I mean? Like that's, this is how I start to have those, those conversations. And you can easily say, I sound like a crazy lady, but I am telling you right I now, it. try it. Yeah. Literally try it. When you I'm go in the to. mirror, I'm not please yeah, do. Totally. Yeah. And everybody listening, when you go into the mirror and the first thing, what do we want to do? The first thing I'm always talking about, Oh my gosh, my goddamn arms are so big. That's going to come out of me. That's a thought I'm going to have. I quickly change it. What I tell my best friend, that absolutely not. You know what I tell her? You are badass. You know what those arms do? 12 plus, plus push-ups, pull-ups, 20 push-ups, 12 pull-ups, all these maxings that I have in my mind. I'm like, so who cares what she looks like? Who cares? Yep. Yep. No, I, 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 I always talked about my legs specifically that way. Cause I'm a cyclist, yeah. you know, and I'm just like, okay, you know, especially growing, like I said, I had these messages growing up that, you know, you're supposed to have this much of a thigh gap or they shouldn't blah, 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 all this stuff. Right. And I'm just like, these freaking legs have taken me up to the tops of mountains in Brazil and South Africa. And is there like, for God's sakes, <laughs> like know? that gives me goosebumps. <laughs> That's incredible. And I do want to say, even if you're not like a, you know, if you, even if you don't consider yourself a crazy intense athlete or anything, your body is still absolutely amazing. Every single morning when you wake up, it is a miracle that your body is awake and carries you throughout your day. So even if you're sitting here listening to us and saying like, well, I'm not doing crazy things, you know, it doesn't matter. Your body is an absolute miracle at any point in time. It could give up on you. So be fucking <laughs> grateful for it and take care of it. <laughs> if you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, you've heard me and many of my guests talk about how the hormonal changes that come during menopause can lead to insulin resistance and carbohydrate sensitivity. That all means that it's harder to keep your blood sugar at healthy levels. And unchecked blood sugar makes it hard to manage your weight and body composition and can pave the way for diseases like diabetes and heart disease. Plus, optimizing your blood sugar is also important for exercise performance and recovery. The problem is, it's really hard to know what your blood sugar is doing at any given time. Until now. With a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, which is just a quarter-sized device that you wear on your arm, you can see your blood sugar in real time and adjust your exercise, nutrition, and lifestyle to help optimize it. I have been testing CGM technology for the better part of a year, and I have learned a ton about how my pre-race meals impact my performance, how to fuel myself during exercise and recover afterwards, how poor sleep and stress really negatively impact my blood sugar levels, and how sitting down to a relaxed meal, no matter what I'm eating, is so much better for my blood sugar than wolfing down even a healthy meal on the go. I've come to believe that everyone could benefit greatly from having these insights, so I am super excited to announce that NutriSense CGM program has come on as a Hip Play Not Pause sponsor in 2022. With the NutriSense CGM program, you get the sensors and you get professional support to help you dial in the diet, exercise, and behaviors that work particularly for you. Each CGM lasts 14 days and each subscription plan includes one month of free support from a registered dietitian. And I really love that. They were there to answer questions before I even thought to ask them. 
And if you're already knowledgeable in this space, they can provide more advanced tips and recommendations so you can find what works for you. The CGM program also comes with a super easy to use app, which helps you track your data, understand your glucose trends, log your meals, see your macros breakdown, and much more. The app also gives you an overall score for each of your meals based on your personal body's response. NutriSense also provides a private Facebook group where you can go in and share your experiences and find support from other members. It's all awesome, seriously. And if you're worried about putting on a CGM sensor because it is a little fine needle that goes into your arm, don't. Seriously, the first time I put one on, I braced myself for what I figured would feel like a shot. It was more like someone flicked my arm with their finger. Totally painless. So don't let that get in your way. You can take advantage of all of this. Get these insights right now by going over to Nutrisense.io slash HITPLAY and use the code HITPLAY, all caps, one word, for $30 off any subscription to the CGM program. Again, that's Nutrisense.io slash HITPLAY. Use the code HITPLAY, all caps, one word, and get $30 off any subscription to the CGM program. I'll put all of that in the show notes. Check it out today. I've got an exciting announcement from our sponsor, Prevenex. Their Joint Health Plus product is back in stock. They got hit by so many of the issues that many companies are facing today, supply chains and labor shortages, and they also weren't willing to cut corners on their testing protocols. So it took longer than they would have liked to get it back in the store, but it is there. As anyone who has listened to me for more than three seconds knows, I love this stuff. I have mobility in my toe joint again. It doesn't wake me up in the night. It doesn't hurt when I'm running. It's amazing. And I've heard from many of you who are reporting the same, including one woman who wrote, I was skeptical, but this really works. I train daily, heavy lifting. My fingers, toes, ankles, elbows were achy. After two weeks, I can't feel any of that. It's remarkable. I agree. And I dug into the ingredients and they're legit. Eggshell membrane, which contains collagen and glucosamine, chondroitin, and hyaluronic acid, has shown significant benefits in early research. And the other ingredient, Boswellia serrata extract, was found to be even more effective than glucosamine in some studies, according to examine.com. So head on over to Prevenix.com and check it out. Listeners of this show can get 15% off their first-time purchase using the code HITPLAY all caps, one word, at checkout. Again, go to Prevenex.com, that's P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X.com, and use the code HITPLAY, all caps, one word, at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. If you don't like it, the company offers a 100% money-back guarantee on all their products within 30 days, no questions asked. Again, just use The code HITPLAY, one word, all caps, at checkout for 15% off your first-time purchase at Prevenex.com. Amen. Speaking, this is all, you segue so beautifully into everything that I want to talk about next because self-love was another thing. And I didn't didn't plan on talking about this until I heard you, might have been, I don't know, I just, I listened to a bunch of stuff in preparation, so I don't know what it was off of. But um that is a concept I have struggled with forever. Like the whole self-love thing just misses me. I'm just like, I don't sit there and be like, 
you are wonderful. You are, you know, like I can't, it just was, I don't think that way. It won't come out of my mouth. I can't high five myself in the mirror. I can't do any of those things. It's just not in my DNA. No, but, but I, but you made me realize that I do love myself, even though I don't think that way. And I really like that. I don't have a whole lot of light bulbs going off in in those ways anymore, but that was a really nice light bulb. And I appreciated it because you explained it, that it wasn't that sort of like, Oh, I am beautiful. I am worthy, but like showing up for yourself and taking care of like all that stuff actually is loving yourself. Right. And that's everything you're talking about right now. Yeah. Uh, this thank you so much for just listening to that um and i think it's another hard concept you know we're totally told 24/7 to love yourself and this is how easy it is to do stand in the mirror and give yourself the affirmation of the day and it's just not that easy and it is totally okay to not love every part of yourself at all times as well that is something that i just I don't love every piece of my body. I don't love everything about who I am as a woman and what I'm doing. There are constantly things that I want to change. But what I do know is it's a practice. It is a practice to show up for myself, to be grateful, to put things into perspective. I think self-love is this action that you take to say that I really appreciate you. We're going through a hard time. You know, <laughs> life happens in seasons, but I'm going to be there for you because I know that you're there for me. And this is this goes back to I am more than my body. For me, a lot of self-love is told as in like, you have to love your body for what she looks like. Love every crevice, every roll, every crack, every... No, you don't. No, you don't. You just have to be very, very grateful for what she does for you. And the more that you start to understand that how she shows up for you and what she allows you to do is amazing and something you can be grateful for, the less you start nitpicking her apart. And the more that radiates, like, and that's what I think you can see, like the people who draw, who who your eyes are drawn to are not necessarily these most quote unquote, perfect specimens of human beings, right? They're people that are radiating something larger than that, you know? And, it, and I think that when you, when you travel down this path that you're describing, you start to radiate that out and then you, you do start to see yourself differently and other people start to see yourself differently. I am so happy you talked about this because I, I I really believe in this, like this radiation is like an energy that you're giving out. And I think a lot of times when I start to have this conversation, people say, well, that's really easy because, you know, you get to use movement and your body looks like this and all these things. Here's the truth is when you look at your life and you think about the things that bring you joy, if you start to walk towards those more, if you start to bring them into your life more, whether it is cooking, being, you know, a boss ass businesswoman, being a mother, being all these things. If you walk to the things that light you up, your life will completely change. I happen to walk to the one thing that brings me the most joy, which is movement and spreading my love of movement. And that's what I think you are seeing and what people are seeing. But when you come to all of this and it's related very, that the thing that I love is related very closely to my body. But when you come to life and you look at all the things that bring you joy you're less critical about yourself because you're in a space that you're so full of light and happiness. And, and I think like that radiates to others. And that's what I, I try to encourage. And I think that it makes an absolute difference in your life to not focus on, you know, all the negative things, but just walk more towards the things that you love. Yeah. And I, and I think that becomes more important 
I know it becomes more important as you go down the line, you know, in 15 years for you, you're going to see that it's going to look different for, you know, like that's, you know, that's going to be, you're going to hit a different transition in your life where that's going to become even more important because, you know, as you, you know, in, in this world that, you know, some people are hitting places where they're not hitting that mile time the way they used to, or they're not doing the same squad or, you know, that like things are they're there's sport that they've, they've always done is not satisfying them in the same way. They're not achieving the same goals. So it, so you need to be able to sort of look out and be like, okay, like where, where is my joy now? You know, where, what is, where, where should I walk? What should I start walking towards? Absolutely. And I am, I am, I mean, I may not be of the age of some of the people that are listening right now, but I am going through my own transitions. I'm going from, I was a D1 athlete. And then after that, I actually became a better athlete. The moment Mm -hmm. I started to realize how to take care of my body Mm -hmm. for, for my twenties. So it was like 28 to 33. I was the best athlete I've ever been. Then I started working really hard. Things got crazy. Business happened. I'm now aging. I am not the same athlete. My mind every single day, especially because I have a million eyes on me looking at what I'm doing. She's not the old literally guy. So a what million. Is this? <laughs> yeah, literally a million. You know, so it's every single day. This is something that I have to practice every single day. I'm in an evolution of what's happening right now. But the more that I walk towards the things that bring me joy, the, mo- the less I care about not living up to who I once was because I am so excited about who I'm becoming. And I think that this is something that people really have to like, it's a, it's a hard, scary concept, especially when failure comes into it and all these other things and not living up to your old self. It's really hard to be excited about your new self, but it is an active process. It is one that I'm definitely going through now it has its ups, ups and downs, but it's so worth it. So what do you do? You know, I want to I want to pivot a little bit to, you know, you, you, you do specialize in sort of motion and, and injury prevention and, and all of that. So when when someone hits a place in their life, whatever it is, whether it's a menopause transition or an injury, and they're not feeling their body the same way, for lack of a better term, how do you how do you stay connected to yourself when you don't feel like yourself? I guess the question. Um, yeah, I think it, it. I think it's different for everybody. The thing for me was to slow things down, especially in sport and in movement and in training. There's almost this thing that happens that you're you become disconnected with your body. Um, and so I reached a point where I was really, really injured, tired, overtrained, and then I broke my leg, <laughs> and it was like. <laughs> The culmination of all these things happen. And it just was a very eye-opening moment for me that I was not taking care of my body the way that I needed to. And ultimately the way that I needed to, in order to, to perform at a level that I wanted to, that I still had goals of. Um, and so for me to slow movement down and work on recovery, I started incorporating mobility into my Mm -hmm. training routine. And it gave me a really amazing opportunity to connect with my body, to take care of my joints, to still move because I'm a mover by nature. Um, so to get that kind of like my blood pumping, but to just be very gentle to my body and to almost rehab my body. So now, and for the past four years, I actually recover my body equally to the amount that I train. So I train hard three to four times a week, depending on where I'm at. And I recover three to four times a week. 
And what does that look like specifically? Like what does that recovery and mobility practice look like? It's literally a combination of slow cardio, steady cardio for me and or mobility, but mostly mobility. So what happened was I started getting bored about the routines that I was creating that they were slow. So now I have mobility, um, for cardio, like cardio mobility. I have strength mobility. I mean, I have so many different mobility variations because I knew how good it felt for me to take my body through mobility workouts. And for anybody that's listening and doesn't know what mobility is, it's basically just concentrating on, yep. On taking your joints through ranges of motion rather than focusing on what your muscles are doing. So your muscles react to what you're doing, which is mainly what's happening at the joint. Um, and it's basically like just greasing up. If you just think of like mechanics, literally you are like the ball and socket at the hip. Like you are just greasing up that you're taking care of your body and it is an absolute game changer. I became the best athlete that I ever was. Like I knew for a fact I could beat the college athlete because I had taken care of my body in that way. Do you think it's because it allows you to access your muscles in their, their optimum state? Do you know what I mean? I mean like I- sometimes if you can't move, you can't access like it's your absolutely range. most yeah. of the time. Yeah. And not to get too technical, but I think most of the times we don't have full ranges of motion in our body because of stiffness and tightness. Well, a lot of that stiffness, your muscle is reacting to what's happening at a joint. So if you're just constantly trying to like stretch a muscle, it doesn't matter because the joint never takes it through that full range of motion anyways. So if you can focus on what's happening at the joint, then your muscles will react to that muscles like tension and stress and anything that they're like what we call like stiffness and tightness is because they feel unsafe in that range of motion. And so, and also the, the, the bigger, the range of motion, the stronger you can become. Right. So like, that's why it's so important to warm up, add mobility Mm -hmm. into your warmups. I warm up for like 20 minutes before I go into my strength training or any routine I'm doing. My body became a completely different machine when I learned how to recover and take care of her, to come down, to give her time off, I can never take time off. So time off right. for me was just slow, slow mobility. I'm, you know, I've got a lot of ADD in me. I'm a shark. I'm constantly moving. So when people say recovery and just like, don't do anything, that did not work for me. Right. I needed to find right. something to do. And do you, do you do any tracking of any of those, you know, nope. any, okay. It's nope. just based on how you feel. Yeah, because for me, I, the moment I start tracking, I'm goal oriented. I'm a perfectionist. I'm a little obsessive. um, And there's nothing I'm really trying to do. Like I don't have something I have to perform at. And so it just was not healthy for me. Some people it's great. And I think it's like something that really helps them stay motivated. It, It just does not, it's not a positive relationship for me. That is, that is a fair answer. This has been a, a wonderful, wonderful conversation. I'm wondering if, the, if you have any messages for this audience that we haven't talked about yet. I don't know exactly what the demographic that you typically work with is, but if you have anything for this, this audience who's, you know, badass women in their 40s, 50s, 60s beyond. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I, this is my demographic who I actually train in person. This is my favorite demographic. I just hope that women start to realize how badass they are and how incredible they are. And I think especially as athletes, there's a constant nature of feeling like we have to one up ourselves and we are constantly not good enough. And I think that that dynamic obviously is a negative space. And I, I hope that women that are doing things with their bodies that are absolutely incredible and any woman understands how incredible it is and understands how amazing it is and understands how badass they are and is appreciative 
for what their body is doing and takes care of their body because they're so appreciative. So I just, I've seen it a lot in the women that I train. I know I experience it. Um, and it's something that I work on, but just constantly being grateful for what my body can do. And that mindset shift, like we always forget how powerful our minds are, but that mindset shift, that self-talk that all makes a difference when your body goes and you show up and you've been prepping her and positive talking her the entire way through before your competition, like she shows up completely differently than when you set her already up for failure. You think she's not doing enough. It's like your body is really your best friend. Talk to her the way you would talk to your best friend, pump her up the way you pump up your best friend. And I think that that's just, it's a, it's a very hard concept and it takes its daily practice. Yeah. And it's a practice I would encourage people to take up at any juncture, you know, it's, it's, Absolutely. I always say like, don't, you, you know, there's a reason they call it trash talk and why you, you're supposed to do it on your competitors and not yourself. Right. Yeah. Like it, yeah. uh, it will have the same effect on you. And I think it's amazing that what you, I think those of us that are so, uh, you know, like have such a really intense relationship with movement also get to use that as a space to practice how we are in, in the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. Like, what I've learned through movement and the relationship with my body helps me become a better businesswoman has helped me become a better friend, a better, you know, family member. Like there's so many ways in which that transitions into your entire life. Um, and I think, so it's not just what's happening out on the track or in competition. It really carries over. Excellent. And what do you have on tap for 2022? Oh my gosh. So much. I mean, so the, the main thing for me is to get back into, I like calling it my comeback, but just, I think for the past three years, honestly, with COVID and everything else, we all feel this. It's like, I was just trying to survive. And so I am so excited. I, you know, we're all still trying to survive. We're still in the pandemic, but I'm really excited about finally feeling like I have the energy to focus on myself in terms of just physically what I'm doing. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. I signed up for a half marathon. I joined oh a soccer God. team again. <laughs> oh, good. That's awesome. Yeah. So there, those what are positions that, you play in soccer. Um, so I am right outside mid. I am so out of shape right now that I'm basically <laughs> defender because I can't go up and down the field. <laughs> and at my age now they play with eight on a field, not 12. So it's just, I'm, I was like, put me in the back. I need time <laughs> to cover. Um, but it's just very motivating and fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to training. I love that. Um, to I'm looking forward to shift my goals have new things that I want to do. The, the half marathon I signed up for is a run and sip because it is wine tasting afterwards. Oh, <laughs> like those are the things I enjoy and it yep. gives me motivation and it, it, it just makes movement exciting again. So, um, on the personal level, I'm very excited for that on the business level. My entire goal and passion is to help people who really don't feel like the fitness world or the movement world speaks to them. I really want to encourage them to get into movement. And so, and I call them my start movers. Um, and so that's really, that's my passion. That's my goal on the business side of things. Well, I wish you the best of luck and I'm so glad you, you took some time to share yourself with us today. Thank you so much. I so appreciate this conversation. And if there's anything that comes from it, I would love to come back and chat with you because I just, I appreciate when people kind of understand what I'm saying. A lot of the concepts are, you know, maybe might sound a little out there. So I just, I so appreciate you having me and, and having these discussions. Well, that's our show. Join me next week when I sit down with my longtime friend, Elizabeth Allen, who spoke about belonging at the Feisty Women's Performance Summit last year 
and who was recently honored by Stamina Racing Collective as a change maker in cycling for helping change the cycling and larger outdoor industry to be more inclusive and welcoming to people of color. We talk about all of that, as well as her menopause journey through those same lenses. So come on back for that one. And until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause, and please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends, and please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay feisty. Stay feisty.